0: Nordic Food Lab Radio. Last March, I got a chance to talk with Roberto Flore and David Peterson about their personal experiences with hunting. I know hunting is a controversial topic, and it's completely new to me. I have no personal experience with it. So it was fascinating to hear these two friends talk about hunting and their connection to the environment. I'll let them introduce themselves.
1: My name is David Pearson. I am a full-time hunting professional. I do movies and write books and teach people everything that I possibly can about who we are and why we hunt. I ran into Roberto and thought, okay, yeah, this guy kicks a lot of um, we had the same ideas on how to make stuff as crazy and as weird and as inspiring as possible.
2: Well, you know me. I'm uh, Roberto Flore, <laughs> and I'm the head chef at Nordic Food Lab. So me and David, we are really good friends. Yeah, when we meet, like for the first time, and we start talk as two people who like know each other for a really long, long time. And we both like hunting. I'm more like the game products. For me, I grew up in a culture where it was normal. Have uh, your animal at home. I'm probably really lucky to have grown up in this system. And there is a lot of people who doesn't really know like how to connect the animal through the place where it was hunted. Pretty, yeah, it was from like a
1: totally... Hands-on example in the '80s when I grew up in the '80s. If I told somebody my my dad was a hunter, that was not very popular. I used to wear like an oilskin jacket in, at school, and it was smelly. It was full of blood. Oh, God, I'd love to get a jacket like all the cool kids. And what happened was in the '90s, up through like year two thousand and up, slowly. A lot of guys started saying, "Okay, let's change the perception of hunters in the Danish society. Let's make something cool. Let's inspire
2: people through taste. I remember hunting with David. It was also the group of friends. And it was really nice to lose yourself in the forest. I saw a lot of people saying, Hey... I saw uh, a roe deer. Did you shoot it? Oh no! You know, I was really impressed. Uh, it just left. It was something where we was there not for killing. It was there for, I don't know, have a different experience.
1: Hunting has much more to do with like the immersion of just being in the forest, being so close to the animals, having them walking right past you. I have pursued bucks for quite a while, where when I finally got there and I had the rifle up or I had my bow ready and the whole thing, I was thinking, is it in season? Is it legal to shoot? Does it look like an animal that would make sense for me to take out? Do I actually want to?
2: Nah. Now I'm still also in contact with uh, David's friend and sometimes they just send me a photo oh, I get an art today I want to try this beautiful tartare you show us or oh I get a brain that's really tasty, I never think is uh, was something edible you know.
1: As a hunter when you spend so much time so much energy on finding the animal finding the right animal f- taking it in a clean and ethical way showing it this much respect you, you really want to use as much of the animal as possible on the other side we all had a really bad case of bad stomachs if you have a tendency to eat everything you will definitely know what i'm talking about so we also want to know will this actually work it's a little bit disgraceful to take a piece of an animal and just cook it and just see if it's edible or tasty because if it tastes bad it's a little bit disrespectful you want to know how to use this the best way possible so to be inspired by the chef's side and to kind of push me further and say, okay, but why do you cook the heart? You can just eat it raw. What? And so I did, and I started to introduce that in my cooking, and I tried to take these things that Roberto does and introduce them to my students.
2: Be an enter allowed you to have... Uh some specific cats that is really difficult and really hard to get, like lungs or the deer liver, the deer heart is really precious. So, why an hunter is throwing away something like this? You are actually lucky to have uh, a piece of meat like this, you know?
1: So, it's a creative companionship, inspiring each other, yeah, both ways, I hope, I think.
2: Yeah, I think sometimes the chef just get the piece of meat package without bones uh, without uh, skin without nothing like you have just a piece of meat so give uh, knowledge to to the chef and reconnect with the ingredient the real ingredient and uh, probably is also a really good way to give more value to what they are making with that meat you know
1: you have a tendency to spend a lot more energy on your dish when you've seen the animal walking around. Or if you had it in your hands and you, you felt it and you felt that the, the, the softness of the skin and you opened it up, you, you spend so much energy getting this tiny piece of meat that you're not going to rig it. It needs all the attention and all the care and all the love you can get it. There are not a lot of chefs that know anything about game. They might know how to cook it, Technically, but seeing these guys who work with food every single day and we take them out hunting and they shoot the first bird and they stand there with this animal where they they they're so extremely proud of this animal and just seeing their eyes and The way they react is like you gave them you gave them a treasure that they don't really know what to do with But they love it. They behave like five-year-old boys it's just wonderful, like yeah. Then we can. Ah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
2: Yeah. Well, like uh, it's really what you are doing when you are going to hunt, because it's true you are killing an animal, but at the same time you are boycott all the other kind of system where a lot of animals are like industrial uh, farmed. So you are not buying this meat because you have your meat and. Uh, Of course, hunting is not a solution of industrial farm. But uh, I I don't want to go in the street and make a strike and say, no, stop farming. But uh, for sure, in my small part, I can try to don't buy this meat and just try to hunt by myself. And at the same time, lose yourself in a forest.
1: that's, That's another thing that's interesting when you talk about the whole food side of it the idea of the forest as a place of food production we never had that in in Denmark through industrial times it's always been either it's timber or it goes down the environment that's needed for a healthy population of animals where you can harvest animals with a pretty decent rate that's actually also a really good environment for other things for herbs for bugs for all the stuff that you guys are doing with other ways of creating sustainable food and usually a lot of people had this Disney idea that you have this bad, mean, evil hunter who actually hates the animals who runs around the forest and just shoots indiscriminately at everything that moves this is wrong <laughs> on every, every side point, the whole thing this is not how we do it because at the bottom line, if we overhunt then we're going to be extinct. If we don't behave within a certain set of ethics and rules, then we will destroy our own culture. And that's not sustainable. Well, and that's it's your vision. Because well, not, the, everybody no, no, not everybody... No, I know, not everybody, but not everybody like, hunts don't, sustainably. Don't,
2: don't, don't generalize, no, in this. generalize. I, I think yeah. it's also it's important like yeah. keep this as a kind of your vision yeah. because you yeah. actually are acting for creating uh, something different in the hunting environment. So mm-hmm. also like the the necessity to grow a different culture is because this is happening also. Mm-hmm. you are quite of the white fly, you know I don't know if is there is a kind of way to say it's like it's like a, you you are quite of something really special like I like the white fly know? metaphor I you think know? yeah I mean it's <laughs>
1: but then again I, I, yeah, I, I but I think you're right that that. We shouldn't create the illusion that hunting is the solution to the world's food problem because it really isn't. It's not like everybody should get a hunting license and start plugging away because that's not going to work. Just because you have a hunting license doesn't mean I necessarily agree with you. Just like just because you have a driver's license doesn't mean you always keep within the law, especially for uh, Italian uh, drivers. <laughs> so when I talk about hunting, I definitely talk about how I was raised and my vision for how the future generations of hunters if they want to keep hunting they need to be the ambassadors of a sustainable way it has to be a balance I it mean, always has to be a balance I mean the,
2: of course of course can be like a kind of way to interact with the forest and also show and demonstrate that a forest can be a really big resource of economic uh, uh, like a it is a resource
1: and the reason why it's there is because somebody is paying for that land not to be turned into something else. In a highly industrialized society where everything evolves around money, nature has to pay its way. Yeah, yeah and, and like for a Danish, and Denmark is an interesting case because it's such a tiny country, it's so incredibly industrialized that we have to create these islands of wilderness. Uh, there's this notion that conservation is, like, you you create a park and you just keep it in stasis. We create this Garden of Eden where man was never a part of this and we want to get back to this ideal picture of nature. The funny thing is that never existed. There's no time in the history of mankind where he did not affect nature.
2: Yeah, well, like, uh, it's really... I think it's really wrong approach, like 100% preservation. Like, Imagine if we want to create a park or a place where we want to preserve uh, 100%. What happens? Maybe the animals start to go around the park and eating in the fields. Uh, and maybe the farmers are really pissed off and maybe they just shoot the animals. So you need to start to close and put walls because creating this kind of problem connected with the society all around the kind of reserve. And uh, the other problem can be also oh, the overpopulation. So maybe this overpopulation start to creating also damage to the forest where we are trying to prevent and protect only uh, one species. More than try to creating a kind of uh, full environment where also the man is inside, in the chain. I think it's really important to say, I am hunting because I am part of this environment. We are talking a lot. Actually, you don't uh, make any kind of questions, so you can also interact with us. And <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can also keep uh, talking about this, you know. Like, we can definitely, I don't know, find another moment to meet again. Yeah.
1: There's, there's actually quite a cool place that I'd love to take you guys. Okay. Cool.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Thank you, Robe and David, for your time and conversation. It was fascinating, and I look forward to picking up where we left off. Nordic Food Lab Radio is written and produced by me, Meredith Hodnott. Thanks for listening.